Holy shit, guys! We're back. Hello. It's it's been a it's been a while. <laughs> I feel like we've been on a long hiatus. Back again. But boys are back in town. You know, life happens, or unlife that, happens. <laughs> well, no one died, so not unlife. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but. Well, yeah, yeah, it just creeps in the crypt. Shit hit the fan. Not in a fun way. For and for multiple of us. Is there a fun us. way for shit to hit the fan? I feel like I for all of us, it, it hit the fan. I thought I think chaos, though. No, yeah. you don't. That's a fucking lie. <laughs> you, you can't handle a teeny amount of inconvenience and stress. Why if, do they call me out like that? You, because you're lying. You're lying <laughs> when I hit record. You don't thrive in chaos. You crumble. I thrive in chaos. I don't. I don't know well enough to know the answer to that. But I use my anger to power me. Like that I, I have seen. Yeah. There's a the topic of today is going to be somebody who lets uh, their anger power them. Let's be into, friends. Into uh, axe murdering six people. Oh, never mind. Let's not be friends. <laughs> yeah. Uh, not cool. But we're back. We're Hello. gonna be back doing everything every Friday. Yes, for we're the foreseeable future. We're we're sorry for the inconvenience. Uh, it our bad. Yeah. Stuff happens. What can even you do? even creeps have off mausoleum days? <laughs> we yeah. had to go underground for a minute. <laughs> yeah, we had to go back in the crypt. <laughs> Fucking beat me with a rake. Somebody, just make sure I'm 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 gone before that happens, please. Mm. Why wouldn't you want to video that? It's mm. content. You gotta have content. It's God like knows we. Puncture. God knows we don't pre-record episodes. We need to. We need to do that. Like we do. We're terrible at that. Where's the fun that. in that though? Yeah. <laughs> We're flying by the seat of our graves. Literally. So, uh, before we go any further, Christian, do your thing and drop socials. I know you guys are mad at us, but please forgive us. I feel like they're and not by mad. Forgiving they're just us. disappointed. <laughs> We're not mad. We're disappointed. We're just disappointed. And while you fill us it's with okay. disappointment, make sure you guys are hitting the subscribe, likes. Make sure you guys are following us on all the socials, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, the TikTok, Sam. Needs to get back on that. Yes, I do. <laughs> yeah. Get back on that. We put you in charge of the TikTok. We did. Yeah. And we get back on it. Of course, I've been slacking on the Instagram, so. Yeah. But. It's yeah. a season of change that I just went through, so. Yeah. We're, we're going to make a year. change for the better. Yeah. New Would us. you say you got rid of some dead weight? 220 pounds of it. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, spoiler alert. Hoof. <laughs> <laughs> At least uh, I didn't actually kill him. Well, I didn't actually since, get rid of him. Since you brought up the guy's weight, we're talking, it's Fat Tuesday today, guys. It <laughs> is. Laissez les bon temps frouler. Ooh. I had to throw the French and then that I do know that I've taken since the seventh grade. So How's that working out for you? Plug. Do, you? do you wish you took Spanish instead? No, because I'm going to Paris one day. Maybe. I don't know. <clears throat> I, I am I, going to New Orleans in August. So yeah, I'm gonna you, use can, it then. you can speak some French there. I'm mm-hmm. going to use it then. And since we're talking about Fat Tuesday in New Orleans, 
we're heading down to the Big Easy, and we're going to talk about the Axeman of New Orleans. Hell yeah. So break out some king cake and pour a daiquiri or a Sazerac. And yeah, we had Sazerac before in. this. I, I'm still drinking mine. I have a long way to go. I, I chugged mine. <laughs> I have no self-control. <laughs> I would be sleeping on the couch. Yeah. So, before before we get into the story of the Axeman, I want to talk about the time period this is taking place in, like on a okay. global scale. Mm-hmm. So, World War One, well, the Great War, as they call it, the war to end all wars is winding down. Or so they thought. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, little did they know. <laughs> Season two was right around the corner. But wait, there's more. Man, season three is not going well. Season three. <laughs> we're not even in it yet. Yeah, we're, we're, it's not even really popped off. I know. We're still at the the pre, the pre preamble. I, I almost said pregame. Like where, you know, in Star Wars where the, the script <laughs> starts rolling up the screen. Yep. That's where we're at right now. <laughs> in a galaxy far, far away. Yeah, well, <laughs> maybe in a timeline far, far away. All I know is whatever wormhole CERN poked open, they need to close it. Mm-hmm. But back into New Orleans at this time. 1918 New Orleans. You, you have states ratifying prohibition. You have the Great War coming to a close. All right. In 1918, terror coursed through the streets of New Orleans. Under the cloak of night, an unknown person murdered six people and injured six more as they slept in their beds. His weapon of choice, the homeowner's axe, which he bravely left at the scene, which, I mean, fingerprinting and DNA wasn't exactly a thing back then, so I don't know if we can call it brave. I mean... I think it was more along the lines of, like, a taunt. Like, ha-ha, that's what I used. I think it's just, like... (laughs) Have you ever seen the movie There Will Be Blood? No. Fuck. Well... I don't want to spoil the ending, but one of the... <laughs> I can't spoil the ending. Fuck. Go watch There Will Be Blood. It's a lot like that last scene uh, where Daniel Plainview just yells, I'm finished! And then he just throws the the thing away. Okay. Yeah. He mainly targeted the Italian community, whether it was Italian-Americans or Italian immigrants. He did not like it to pizza. He did not like it to pizza, but the pizza is very tasty. Mm-hmm. I like it a pizza. He was not a fan of a muffalata. I'll tell you that much. Okay, that one didn't land. <laughs> Fuck you guys. I was I was sitting here thinking, I was like, is that an Italian thing? Yeah, it is. <laughs> that was like a dish. You literally went to New Orleans. I didn't you know that was an Italian thing. Oh. I didn't know it was an Italian thing. I thought it was just like a New Orleans thing. I'm going to edit that out. <laughs> is that a is that like a, a snack seven minutes it's a sandwich seven minutes oh, and 34 okay. seconds in i'm going to edit that out <laughs> it sounded like a snack but i didn't know if it was like a no it's, it's a really it's a really tasty sandwich with a lot of deli meats on it well i'll have one in august yeah go to a corner apparently market. it's italian just so you know i definitely would have thought that it was a french thing a muffaletta oh yeah nope <laughs> anyway, on May 25th, 1918, Joseph and Catherine Maggio were the first victims of the Axeman. He slashed their necks with a razor before bashing their heads in with their own household axe. Oh, I thought he used a guitar. 
No, not this time. That dude knows how to shred. Good reference. <laughs> not Axel. <laughs> <laughs> Catherine was nearly decapitated and died immediately. Joseph survived for three days before he died. And the killer actually changed out of his bloody clothes and put clean clothes on before he left their house because I guess covered in blood that's a little suspicious. Well, I want to say didn't they use a straight razor? Yeah. To cut <laughs> to slit their throats and then used an axe? It was actually uh Joseph's brother's Andrew's razor that he used to slit their throats with. And it was found in the neighbor's yard. So he's still playing around with MOs. His his way he wants to do things. Yeah. I'm wondering if he like slit their throats and then like, nah, this doesn't send a message. This isn't then hit right. Then we found an axe. This isn't the thing that I want to do. This ain't hitting right. Well, he hit him right. Uh, he hit him real right. So since the straight razor uh, belonged to Andrew Maggio, that put him at the top of the suspect list. He had no alibi because he was alone in his apartment at the time of the murders, but he was eventually cleared of suspicion. The second attack was Louis Bessemer and his mistress Harriet or Annie Lowe on June 27, 1918. They were be beaten nearly to death in the back of Louis' grocery store. Some say the house, some say the grocery store, but they say the police found the hatchet in the bathtub. So we're going to go with it happened in the house, in the bathtub with the hatchet. Yeah, most of the ones that I, <laughs> like most of the reports I read said it happened in the house. Maybe that doesn't make sense to how the bread guy found them then. Well, no. the baker was delivering stuff to their house. Oh, it was to their house. Yeah. Okay. And he was actually like the lead suspect. The bread delivery guy? Yeah. He was the first one that they looked at. Oh, what was his name? I don't remember. So whenever Louie didn't meet him outside for the scheduled delivery, he came and was like, what's up? So Louie was injured, but still conscious, and Annie was unconscious. Louie claimed that the stranger broke into the home and beat him and Annie with a hatchet, which police did find the hatchet in the bathtub. Louie and Annie made it through the attacks, but Annie ended up succumbing to her injury seven weeks later. There are some that speculate that this attack wasn't a part of the Axeman attacks, and Louis was actually suspected of being Annie's attacker, but was soon cleared. Well, what's, what's really interesting about that is the fact that they found a bunch of letters written in different languages, so they actually thought he was a German spy. Yeah, it was like Yiddish and uh, Russian. Yeah. So they thought he was a spy uh, for Germany, leading a ring. So I'm sure they wanted to, like, pin that on him. Cause he, right. Because he could have been a spy. Fuck it. You know? He could have. But I don't think he uh, <laughs> he bludgeoned himself with an axe. Yeah, I don't think. No. no. That's commitment. And that is a level of commitment that I don't ever want to know. <laughs> Dedication to your job. Dedication. That's what I meant. Covering it up. That's, that's taking it. The, that's going the extra mile. Extra four miles. That's a long way. No shit. Four wax. <laughs> <laughs> On August 5th, 1918, Ed Schneider came home to find his eight-month pregnant wife, Anna, 
beaten near death in a pool of her own blood. And she was conscious and said that the last thing she remembered was a man standing over her as she slept. Police later gathered that the attacker entered through an unlocked window and beat her with a lamp. So that is up for argument as well. There was uh, differentiating accounts on what he hit her with. Well, I mean, she was in and out of yeah delirium and near death. Like it could have been all the things he could have. He could have switched it out. Tag team. You never know. Police gathered that the... Oh, dang it. Okay. She ended up delivering their daughter three days later, and they actually both survived. So, there's that. That's pretty fucking lucky. Yeah. Considering, like, we're in 1918. Yeah. Uh, Medicine is not where it was today. Let's put it that way. No. Nowhere near. On August 10th, 1919, Joseph Romano's two nieces were startled awake by noises and got up to investigate, which I am white, but I am not that white. Uh, if I hear a bump in the night, I'm out. <laughs> no. This literally, it could be the boogeyman. No, I'm good. The, could be which an axe is literally murderer. who this dude is. Could be an axe murderer. He is the boogeyman. No. No, thank you. I'm out. Hightailing he, it. He just shows up and starts fucking murking people. Yep, I'm good. I ain't gonna, he ain't gonna find me. No, ma'am, I'm out. They found their uncle slumped over and covered in blood. Pauline and Mary Bruno, the nieces, Joseph was looking after them at the time. They claimed to have seen a dark-skinned man with a heavy build fleeing the scene. He was wearing a dark suit with a slouched hat. The attacker got in through a chiseled-away door panel, and Joseph died two days later. So... I've seen the door panel in photos. Mm -hmm. It's teeny. Is it? Yeah, it's. It it looks like a doggy door. So this dude has to be like. Slight. Very, very thin and just tall. Mm -hmm. Not a heavy set man. No. Like to get in through these little nooks and. Crannies. Crannies, yeah. He's either like. A shapeshifter or maybe a spooky spirit or Mm. something of that that sort. Foreshadowing. For ten whole months, nothing happened in New Orleans. He made a trip up to Gretna, Louisiana. And on March 10th, 1919, Orlando Giordano heard screams coming from the home across from his grocery store. So he ran to go see, you know, what was going on. And inside he found Rosie Cortemiglia standing in the doorway, bleeding from a head injury. Her two-year-old daughter, Mary, was dead in her arms. And her husband, Charles, was laying on the floor with a gaping head wound. They were taken by ambulance to the charity hospital where Charles fully recovered. Rosie lost consciousness after the attack and stayed in the hospital a little while longer. While she did make a full physical recovery, mentally she was never the same. Which And she basically got lobotomized <clears throat> by an accident. Like, yeah, and she, accident. she lost her daughter. I wouldn't be the same either. I think it was more of the head injury that really 
defined it. I think that also the trauma of that mm-hmm. probably didn't help. But I'm going to go ahead and say that getting hit in the head with an axe probably doesn't make you right after that. No, probably not. On March 13th, 1919, a letter arrived from the axe man to the Times-Picayune, and it read, Esteemed mortal of New Orleans, the axe man. They have never caught me, and they never will. They have never seen me, for I am invisible, even as the ether that surrounds your earth. I am not a human being, but a spirit and a demon from the hottest hell. Oh, man, this guy's a fucking edgy poet. (laughs) I am what you Orleanians and your foolish police call the Axeman. When I see fit, I shall come and claim other victims. I alone know whom they shall be. I shall leave no clue except my bloody axe, besmeared with the blood of he whom I have sent below to keep me company. If you wish, you may tell the police to be careful not to rile me. Of course, I am a reasonable spirit. I take no offense at the way they have conducted their investigations in the past. In fact, they have been so utterly stupid as to not only amuse me, but his satanic majesty. Oh, fuck this guy. (laughs) Francis Joseph. Fuck this guy so hard. (laughs) Like, what kind of D&D? Who wrote this? Did Mike Warnke take a time machine to 1918 and fucking write this? For his satanic panic bullshit. <laughs> like, for fuck's sake. <laughs> but tell them to beware. Let them not try to discover what I am, for it were better that they never, that they were never born than to incur the wrath of the axe man. I don't think there is any need of such warning, for I feel sure the police will always dodge me as they have in the past. They are wise and know how to keep away from all harm. Undoubtedly, you Arlenians think of me as the most horrible murderer, which I am, but could be much worse if I wanted to. If I wished, I could pay a visit to your city every night. At will, I could slay thousands of your best citizens, and the worst, for I am in close relationship with the angel of death. Once again, the melodrama of this letter the delusions of grandeur i'm okay with it It, it's carry on (laughs) proceed dear god now to be exact at 12 15 earthly time on next tuesday night i am going to pass over norlands in my infinite mercy i'm going to make a little proposition to you people here it is i am very fond of jazz music and I swear by all the devils in the nether regions that every person shall be spared in whose home a jazz band is in full swing at the time I have just mentioned. If everyone has a jazz band going, well, then so much the better for you people. The only thing is certain, and that is that some of your people who do not jazz it out on that specific Tuesday night, if there be any, will get the axe. Dude, how shitty would it be if like it was at the the soft part of the song, like where they're ramping up and it, it, he's like, they're not jazzing it out. <laughs> and then it starts playing really like loud mm-hmm. while he's murdering where them. Where the record skips. Oh my God. It's oh, just somebody's like, there just watching it. <laughs> well, as I am cold and crave the warmth of my native Tartarus, 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 
and it is about time to leave your earthly home, I will cease my discourse, hoping that thou wilt publish this, that it may go well with thee. I have been, am, and will be the worst spirit that ever existed, either in fact or realm of fantasy. Signed, The Axeman. What's interesting about this letter is that he says it's about time to leave my earthly home. Mm-hmm. Which tells me this is a person dying. <clears throat> yeah, he's old. I wouldn't say he's old, but he might he might have a touchy consumption. Or, you know, tuberculosis for the uninitiated. Is syphilis a big thing then? I mean... Maybe. Yeah. Yeah, because Al Capone like, had it, but I don't think it was like... Doesn't it make you like go nuts? Yes. Yeah, but it makes you like... Ask John List's wife. Think you're... A, it basically gives you the the mental capacity of a child. This is not no. This is this is a person who's like fuck it. I ain't got nothing left to lose. I'm gonna start I, killing. I'm people. gonna kill some people. He's that, very much because the world fucked me over. So I want to come back to that and the theory of what he was saying about the police. Eventually, do you think he was a cop? No, I think he was fucked over by the cops. Like, oh, because they'll like do whatever they need to do to stay out of a harm's way. No, I think the way that the way he, I'd have to go back and. You think he was a victim? I think that no, I don't think he personally was a victim. I'm just I'm speculating here. So come on this journey with me. Okay. Perfect. Let's go. Okay. I'm strapped in. So. I'm thinking the way that he's talking about the police. If you wish to, you may tell the police to be careful not to rile me. Of course, I'm a reasonable spirit. I take no offense that the way they have conducted their investigations in the past. Okay, so, so that when I, this when isn't I, his first run. When in. I heard that, well, <clears throat> when I heard that, all I thought it was like this man or one or whoever mm-hmm. has dealt with the police in the past and they have been wronged or something in this situation has not gone the way that they thought it should have gone. That's interesting. Uh, I just, do you see where I'm going yeah, with this? Yeah. Like, it just like, kind of feels like it's kind of like a vigilante kind of way. Like, y'all didn't do it right. Well, I, I think you're, you might be on to something. Who knows? Maybe his wife or girlfriend or See, somebody close to him was murdered by an Italian. That's where I'm going with it. And the police fucked up the investigation. That's where I'm going or with it. Or didn't even bother with it at all yeah. because it's yep. the mob. That's kind of where I'm going yeah. with it. Yeah, it just, I mean. It felt that, very, like, it felt very stingy in the way it was. Yeah. Not <laughs> in just, like, just in the wording. It felt very stung. Like, he just kind of felt, like, wrong. Jaded. He, yeah, he's he very, very jaded. jaded. And then he, uh. The last sentence, they are wise and know how to keep away from all harm. Yeah. Yeah, so I think he might be onto something. I just yeah. felt like somebody who's He might have had a fucking breakthrough. It's a nice little find. I just felt like he felt <clears throat> very jaded. My Aquarius brain says that, you know, hold grudges, so. Facts. Well, that's a, that's a grudge. You start murking Italian <laughs> grocery store owners. And Italians in general. Yep. You either cut people off or you hold grudges. It's one or the other. Well, he's cutting he's cutting people off, all right. Yeah. People's heads yeah. are attempting to. He's not very good at it. He's, yeah. No. He's he's not attempting to He's like, got a fifty a fifty percent success rate. Him. I don't think he's trying to kill him. I think it's more of like a harm thing. He was harmed in some kind of way, whether it be physical, emotional, or some kind of time. No, I mean to to swing an axe at somebody's head that Maybe his girlfriend or wife was murdered by somebody with an axe, and he felt like that they didn't fucking do anything, and he was like, you know, and I'm gonna just, I'm gonna see how far I can take this before maybe. they do something. Maybe. Yeah. 
He's like, they didn't do shit for me. I don't so, know. How was the letter received? It was mailed, I believe. It just said No, I mean like by the people of New Orleans. Oh, oh. It made the it made the people of New Orleans go completely bonkers. So everyone's already in a panic. There's an axe murder on the loose. Obviously, no one is at ease. But this made <clears throat> everyone become a fan of jazz music. Everyone from I'm, that day on was a fan. Like, oh, yeah, well, I love jazz. I love okay jazz with, music. I'm okay with this. I love jazz music. I do, too. I was listening to it earlier today. On the night of March 18th slash 19th, at approximately 12.15 a.m., all of the New Orleans dance halls, discos, bars, and honky-tonks were filled to the burst and with both trained and inexperienced bands played in the all of the bars and stuff until dawn. Any jazz band they could find and anyone willing to try to play jazz music played jazz music and that that's night. how jazz fusion was invented. <laughs> <laughs> just, play a, just play random shit. Hundreds of parties rolled into existence that night around town. Everyone danced the night away. Jazz music was blaring out of every window. There were no murders that evening. Joseph John Davila wrote a song about the event, The Mysterious Axeman's Jazz. So and there have anybody, been other like, na- like jazz songs about the Axeman, too. Does anybody feel that he got what he wanted? And he was just I like... I think so. I think the message was received. And he kind of felt like validated. Well, he had he had the city of New Orleans like under his under his grip at that second. Yeah. yeah. But I'm about to play. He had him by the balls. The Axeman's Jazz. Ooh. Somebody's sauntering in with an axe. <laughs> the music video definitely has that. Great song. I, I fucks with that. I love how Sam was over here watching my music video of it, of like somebody sauntering <laughs> in with the axe and just <laughs> she's she's choreographing it as we speak. I was in my Fucking brain. Lizzie Borden over here. <laughs> I was. I was choreographing in my brain. <laughs> so five more months go by without a peep from the axe man. Well, it's like he's been satiated for a yeah. little bit until August tenth, nineteen nineteen. When Steve Boca was attacked by this mysterious entity, but he survived. And then September 3rd, 1919, Sarah Lawman was assaulted, but she also recovered from her injury. Like I said, this dude's piss poor at his job. He is an axe wielding serial killer. He has a 50% success rate. Yeah, he's just bad. He's yeah. not good at it. Well, maybe, maybe he's not like setting out to 
his goal to be to murder people. Maybe it's just to no, I, axe I mean, him down a little bit. No. It, Knock him down a few pegs. No, fuck that. If you're swinging an axe at somebody's fucking head, your, your intent is to kill. And considering how shitty, like, the medical field was in the in like the 1920s and then people are surviving yeah i feel like it's the black knight from monty python oh it's just a flesh wound <laughs> october 27th 1919 mike pepitone got his very own visit from the axe man he unlike the few before him didn't survive the attack the newspaper headlines painted a gruesome scene Quote, blood spatter covered the majority of the room, including a painting of the Virgin Mary. Mike is thought to have been the last of the Axeman's attacks. Well, at least he went out with a bang. Yeah, at least at least his at last least, one, yeah, he completed the job. his last one, he's like, finally. Got him. Confirmed kill. <laughs> confirmed kill. Check mark. There's no way you're getting out alive on this one. So, in the third season of American Horror Story, I know this is exactly, like, not really related and it's not paranormal either, but Coven, they had the Axeman make a little uh, cameo. It was, it was a nugget. Yeah. It was a little nugget. Yeah. Uh, it became some one of the things that the witches had to conquer that season. But we're going to transition over to kind of, like, the paranormal side because once I Googled the Axe Man, well, I used Bing, um, it came up with a bunch of New Orleans ghost tours that go along, I guess, some parts of the Axe Man's reign of terror. So the house where Joseph and Catherine Maggio lived, it's said to be haunted by their spirits. And some nights you can actually hear their screams and the shrieks and whatnot in the house and from march 13th through the 15th it is a norland's tradition to play jazz in most bars pubs clubs discos at least once a night in order to ward the axe man's fury it doesn't matter if it's a honky-tonk a golf club or the fanciest dinner hall you will hear the beat of miles davis or his cronies at least once during those nights that's pretty fucking cool right yeah. The hospital where Joseph Romano was treated is said to be haunted by his spirit. Another local legend is the Haunted Hotel of New Orleans. That's actually the name of the hotel, the Haunted Hotel of New Orleans. Um, is said to have been the place that the Axeman hid out between attacks. That one, I'm like, come the fuck on, man. Mm -hmm. I don't know. The people of New Orleans believe that his spirit lingers there. In the back of the hotel, there's this cute little quaint courtyard with a very strange and dark vibe, which, hello, I welcome. Honest to God, the most, like most of the French Quarter has that vibe. Mm -hmm. I'm so excited. It's just this like really heavy presence. Give me all the spooky things. I think there's been at least seven murders in every building in the French Quarter. Perfect. I believe it. Yeah. At least. Maybe more. I'm here for it. So, visitors of this courtyard have claimed to have seen wandering shadows, pools of blood. They've captured strange EVPs and even experienced bizarre electrical hiccups with their cell phones. That's pretty wild. Mm-hmm. 
So do you guys think it was one guy or was it a bunch of copycats or what do you think? I think that it was one guy solely for the fact that it was so cons not not because well not everyone died or lived but with the axe being left there the same mo over and yeah over. It, it was the same i guess like signature and however messy it was yeah wherever it was always on the property i think he really missed the mark not using the razor blade he could have been the barber <laughs> the barber, the mad barber in New Orleans. <laughs> He's coming to take a little off the top. Just a little off the top. Yeah. Happy Fat Tuesday. Yeah, happy Fat Tuesday, everybody. This, is, this kicks off Mardi Gras, right? I believe so, yes. It does. Cool. So, so we're going to drink every single day like we normally do. Yeah. Perfect. Nothing changed. No. I work the next five days. So. There you go. I'm getting, I'm, I'm, I can't say that aloud. No, <laughs> I don't want anybody. Oh shit! Well, once again, thank you guys for listening. It's been a blast. We're glad to be back. I'm very glad to be back. Some uh, semblance of normalcy, whatever that God. may be. Thank God we're back. <laughs> the it's creeps been, are back in town. Yep, the creeps are back in town. <laughs> we're back in the crypt. We're above ground now. If you would like to drop the socials. Yep. First and foremost, thank you for not giving us the axe. Haha. <laughs> so there's, funny. There's my moment of the day. <laughs> that being said, make sure you guys are following us on all of socials. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or TikTok, which Sam will get back on. Yes. Make I sure promise. you guys are letting us know any suggestions that you have. We are always looking for a fun, spooky, paranormal murder anything yeah, give to us, investigate give us some literally anything what do you yeah. guys want to hear i mean we're always going to have a running tab of ones that we want to do but mm -hmm. i mean there's only so much the research that the three of us can do obviously we all know christian's going to go for the cryptids just of because course. that's what it is yeah, that's your mo i love them and thank you guys for listening and thank you for staying with us and being patient. Being patient, dealing with us when we were gone for two weeks. And that's the only sappy shit that I'm going to say. Was it two weeks? I thought Sorry. it was three. No, it was two. It was two. Okay. Yep. Wow, it, it's been a long fucking two weeks. I know. Welcome, <laughs> welcome back to the crypt. God damn it. It's felt like a month. I know. All right, guys. Well, we will see you next Friday. Bye, guys. Bye.